Who cares, bro? I'm just, la, la, la. I'm just gonna look at you. This is my room's a mess. Ladies right. and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. Another quarantine episode of The Messy Room. Shout back out to better Jason. Better than ever. Oh, as always, as always, you know, Victor Rodriguez, that's my name. Jason, don't wear it out. That's his name. You ready yes, to know the way? Yes, that wave? is my name. Yes, we're shouting <laughs> each other out. Thank you for watching The Messy Room. Welcome back. We're back better than ever because we're always getting better. And this week, Boom. we got a special guest for you guys. Oof. This man is the epitome of what The Messy Room wants to represent. Tell him, Jay. Tell him. This man has gone out and really, at a, such a young age that he was, he went out and tried to make change in his own city. Got a, got a job on the school committee so that he could try to make active change in his city. This man, bro, this is, uh, I always talk about how politics is important. And this man will talk this about man it and show is you how beast. important that shit Ladies is. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is a beast. I call this man Julius Caesar. Ladies and gentlemen. Here is Julio here is. Hernandez. What's up, guys? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Hey, My welcome God, to the messy room. Bro. Welcome to the messy room, brother. Glad How you doing, bro? Glad to be here. Good, good, good. Oh, Staying man. quarantined, taking this day yeah. by day. Yeah, Every bro. day. Bro, I tell you, bro, that's all we, bro, I, that's all I talk to Jason about. I'll be like, damn, bro, I'm telling you, bro, I'm worried about my mom, bro, this and that, bro. I'm just, bro, I'm like, yo, I'm not that leaving is, my house, Yo, wait, bro. wait, that is not all you talk about, bro. When I'm talking to you, be like, yo, bro, I'm trying to think about some cupcakes and cookies and shit, bro. <laughs> what, what happened, what, what happened to, to fighting your little brother, spearing your little brother? Oh, yeah, bro, uh -huh. I want to, bro, I'm telling you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, bro, like, nah, I love my little brother, and tomorrow's his birthday, bro, you know. Shout out happy to him, birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to Manuel. To Why don't you show him out? You're shouting yourself and me out. What the hell? Shout out Manuel. What the hell? Shout out to Manuel, bro. Happy birthday to him, bro. When he watches this, bro, he's going he's gonna to love it. But yo, ladies and gentlemen, bro, I'm telling you, I want to kick his ass every time I see him. Because, bro. <laughs> bro, I'll be all right, ladies and gentlemen, legit, I'll be like, yo, I'll be like, yo, you trying to play a card? Yeah, yeah, let's play Call of Duty. Chilling, no problem. Yo, Manuel, go take a shower. Uh, uh, I don't uh, I'm like, dude. I'm like, yo, bro, go brush your teeth. Uh, I don't want to, bro. Like, what? Like, come on, bro. bro. You know what I'm Vic, saying, Vic, you were bro? the same way at that age, bro. I remember no, you. No, bro. No, bro. All right, all right. Anyway, stop taking the spotlight. You always Yeah, my fault, my fault. We got such an important bro. figure here, and you're taking the spotlight. <laughs> Julio, bro. Julio, bro. It's an honor to have you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, but, yeah, no, it's an uh, honor for me to be here. Uh, first and foremost, I want to shout you guys out. Uh, you guys are heading towards a year strong running this podcast. Oh, man. Um, thank so you, this, thank this you, is thank something you. that, you know, not just the community, but people who are watching you across the state, you know, across the country, um, you know, this is what we need, you know, opinions, uh, you know, topics being discussed, you know, it's, it's, it's something course, great to be here. And oh, I'm man. grateful for that. Oh man, bro. Well, Two well, minutes in, bro. And you're about to make me cry, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're talking about us, about talking about opinions that need to be discussed. You were the epitome of that, bro. On a school committee trying to make change, bro. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I ran for office uh, right after high school. Uh, I, you guys. Yeah, wait, 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 out. wait. Give me a second, bro. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, bro, it is rare, rare for such a young, a young person to be like, yo, I want to be an advocate for in my city and go out and try to get a job himself. It's that, beautiful. It's bro. a beautiful thing, bro. It's beautiful. Let me clap I you up for that it. one right there. <laughs> thank press, bro. Press, thank bro. you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's something that was pretty difficult. But yeah, no, I ran right after high school. Um, you know, I didn't have experience in policymaking or, you know, holding an elected position, but I did have that experience of being a high school student at Chelsea High School, mm -hmm. you know, being a student um, of Chelsea Public Schools throughout my whole life. Um, and it was something that I thought 
um, you know, it was imperative for me to bring that to the table. Um, you know, all, most, all of us here went to Chelsea High School. Of course. Um, and we've seen a lot of things that weren't fair enough. You know, a lot of our voices weren't heard. Um, and that was something that I truly struggled in high school. Um, you know, I was never a perfect student. Uh, I didn't get my shit together until I was a senior in high school. Um, and it was there where, you know, I joined law public policy. Um, it was a, um, what we know as LPP. Um, yeah. You know, it was a pathway um, that kind of gave students an opportunity to see if that was going to be the field that they wanted to head towards to, um, you know, in college and, and in life. So it was my senior year where I had these aspirations of, you know, getting into the public policy uh, world, the political world. Um, and uh, that summer that I graduated, um, I was offered a job with uh, Councillor Damali Vido um, to be her volunteer coordinator. Okay. And uh, it was there and then where I found out that no one in my district uh, was running for office. So I decided to, it was too late for me to pull out signatures and papers um, to get my name on the ballot. So I decided to run a write-in candidacy, so a write-in campaign. Um, so people had to write in my name into the ballot instead of just checking it off. And hey, I would have wrote down your name. <laughs> I would have wrote, wrote down your name too, brother, for real. <laughs> so it was something difficult because, you know, I needed people to write the exact name, the exact address um, for me to get those, uh, those uh, number of votes um, from my constituents in the 5th District of Chelsea. Um, so I was able to do that. Um, I didn't get... Uh, I didn't get hundreds and hundreds of, of um, you know, votes, but I did get at least 73 write-in um, uh, votes from the people in the 5th District, which was actually great because our voter turnout in the city of Chelsea um, is really low. So in my district, there were only about 200 people that went out to vote. And out of those 273 people, um, you know, decided to, to give me a chance on the school committee, which I'm, I'm always grateful for, you know, and... Um, my thing was that I, I, when it comes to politics, um, you know, I don't see politics as a way to, some people see it as a way to, you know, achieve something or gain power. Um, I see it in a way where if my voice uh, can make a difference, if my opinions can make a difference, um, then I will step up to the table. And that's what I decided to do um, when I ran for office. And thankfully I got elected. Yeah. That's, ama that's amazing, man. That's truly amazing. So, like, like me and Jason were talking about politics the other day, and I was just like, I was like, bro, like, I was arguing with him, like, oh, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't understand politics. Like, why do I need to understand it, bro? This and that. Like, All I right. was being really hard-headed with my <laughs> Really, really hard-headed. And like, I was trying to, I was trying to tell him because we both, we both are people that want change. Like, well, we, we see that there's potential for change and the way that we should, and I was telling him the way that we change is through politics. He was like, bro, politics is not important. It's all corrupt yeah, and all yeah. this so, and all that. And so I'm I, like, yeah, I understand that, but come on, man. Yeah. No, so I was, so like similar to like, um, like you were saying like, oh, like a lot of people use it for power and stuff. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, oh, it's a power play. Like people just are just trying to convince you just to have them like, have you vote in, you know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. never like, in my opinion, but then like Jason like talked me into it. And I was like, man, that's, that's crazy, bro. I well, never... the, way I, the way I look at it is not politics. Although politics, yeah, there is people that are corrupt in there. So try to take advantage of the system and do what they can to take advantage of people. The way, but politics is not about trying to like get power and whatever. It's about really making change and talking about things that need to be changed. See Julio mm -hmm. himself, bro, this man was out there doing, made a lot of different changes. He got people, he got a, a outdoor, outdoor 
graduation. He got AP. He got AP students to try and uh, and uh, go to elementary schools to help out elementary schools. So yeah, um, I could you know with uh, I just want to start off with the outdoor graduation. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I did on my own, and that's the thing about um, politics. You know, um, work isn't done by one person. It's done as a whole team. Uh, and that's one thing that I was able to do with uh, the seniors at the time, the class of 2019, I was able to meet with them. And I remember I met with them uh, June uh, of um, 2018. Okay. So they were juniors. And I went into the classroom. Uh, Ilana Asher, one of my favorite teachers, someone who I like a lot, someone who I appreciate a lot, uh, connected with me and asked me to come speak to the, to the classroom. So I decided to go... Um, into the classroom, it was her AP government class, um, and I went to go speak to them, and they had questions about, you know, different issues and policies that were in place at Chelsea High School that were unfair, um, and those were the same issues that all of us here uh, went through as well. So, you know, I spoke with them, and they asked me a question, what can we do in order to get an outdoor graduation? Um, so at the time, you know, I was new. I was like, you know, this is my, I'm only, four months into office and they're asking me these type of questions. I'm like, what am I going to tell them? Um, so uh, I told them, you know, it all starts with advocacy, no matter what. A lot of these students, what they were doing was advocating to their principal, to their teachers, and that is not the right thing. A lot of these students didn't know that they had a school committee um, that made all these decisions and that, you know, were the ones who voted on things regarding budget, regarding policies and all that stuff. Um, so I told them, if you guys really want a change, asking your principal is not going to help. You have to go into the school committee meetings and speak up on the things that matter to you. So I remember that following summer, um, there was a, a, a small break. We, we have a, a recess uh, in the summer, a two-month recess. But in, okay. if, in, the, in the reason, in the, I mean, if we have to go into a meeting during the summer, then we will. But usually there's a small recess during the summer and then we go back in August during the school year. So when we went back in August, I, I drew all these notes. I had all these notes uh, and ideas from the class of 2019 that they wanted an outdoor graduation. It wasn't fair that um, we were sticking families into an auditorium and, we, and they were watching their kids graduate from an auditorium, you know, because the gym was too small and they were given limited amount of tickets. So... I brought all of this to the attention with the help of the students and Alana Asher. I brought it to the attention of my colleagues. Um, when I brought this to the table, I only had two people out of the nine members, including myself, supporting me um, with the outdoor graduation. Um, and it wasn't until I had, um, you know, I gathered up with the students and one of my colleagues, Richard Moronsky, who, you know, uh, also resigned. I will get to that part after. Um, but I gathered up with Richard Moronsky and we met with a group of five students of the class of 2019. And, you know, we started talking about certain ways that we could achieve this goal of having an outdoor graduation. So um, when I brought it up to the table, um, the superintendent at the time uh, wasn't, wasn't a big fan of me. Uh, okay. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least, I say the least. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I ask a lot of questions. You know, if I think something is not fair, I will ask these questions. As you um, should. So, As you should, yeah. So I decided, you know, I told her we're working on, on getting this outdoor graduation. This is an advocacy from the class of 2019. This is a policy that I want to bring forward, not for a gain of, um, you know, admiration towards myself, but to help these students out. 
um, and give them something that none of us here had in outdoor graduation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it took about, I want to say maybe we started talking about, about it in August and throughout August and January, it was a battle. It was a battle because every time I tried to, you know, um, question why we couldn't have an outdoor graduation, they would bring things up like, oh, what if it rains? Oh, uh, what if it's, you know, like the weather's too hot, we're going to sweat, things like that. Oh, you can't walk in heels in the field. They're making a new field, so we don't want to damage it. So they were bringing all these excuses. And each time they brought these excuses, I wanted to make sure the students were right there in the meeting, you know, to see that yeah. these are the people that are making the decisions. Okay. You know? And if you want a change, you know, you speak directly to your to representative of the school okay. committee, you know, and um, it wasn't towards January until we had a, you know, final decision. Yes, we're going to have outdoor graduation. Um, it was a really, really long battle. Um, I know um, towards the end when my colleagues started seeing that the students, that more and more students were coming to the meetings, that's when I started seeing a change um, in my colleagues. They started supporting this idea of an outdoor graduation. But once it was decided, they wanted to have the graduation. First, it was planned to have it um, at the complex. Uh, They also thought about having it at Admirals Hill, um, but the students wanted it at the field. You know, and when they brought up the excuse of, you know, the field's going to get damaged. Well, first of all, that field is public and you have a bunch of people who go there. Uh, not only that, that you true. have sports teams at the high school that are using it. Um, some students may use metal cleats when they're probably not supposed to, but they will. And that also damages the field. So, um, you know, they started saying things like that. And then uh, after that, the students and I, we brought it to the attention of the city council. What can you guys do in order to help us out with this? So the council, uh, the, the council proposed on, you know, the, the, it's a platform. Like, I don't know if it's a plastic platform, but it's a special platform that they use at stadiums when they have concerts to not damage the field. Okay, so the council, okay. the city council of Chelsea was able to um, donate that. It was, I, I, I don't want to say a wrong number, but I think it was roughly about $174,000 uh, around there to the cost of, of adding that platform into the, into the field for it not to be damaged. Um, you know, and this was just one thing and all the work I've done in the school committee is not the work I've done by myself. It's work that I've done with students, with some colleagues, and with community members who actually want change in the, um, you know, in the, in the school system. And you know, it's, it's just something that when they see my age, when they see that I'm a Latino trying to you know, get into this and try to make a change, you start seeing people trying to guide you in certain directions. But I've always been the type of person, you know, I'm gonna stick uh, to my gut, I'm going to stick to what I believe is right. And I'm not going to be guided by no one on each side of the, of the aisle. That's beautiful, bro. That's, that's honestly beautiful. I really, I really like how, how you, that's like a perfect example, how advocacy for students, people that really want to see change, if they really want to see change, all you got to do is go to the meeting, talk to the, 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 the government people in your are city in charge, yeah. and that will truly make change. Well, Perfect. Beautiful, man. Yeah. No. And um, also with the, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to praise myself, um, you know, for the work that I did in the, in the school committee. But, you know, when I was uh, also, you mentioned the, the um, having our AP students teach 
uh, courses at the elementary school. That is mm-hmm. something that I worked with Alana Asher. I know they did it a couple of times with some AP classes. Uh, I only took AP Spanish in high school, so I didn't really, but I know that they, they had it in other classes, but that was something that the students at the high school wanted to do, you know? Um, and again, when I first brought it up to the superintendent's um, attention, uh, at first it was ignored. And then when I seen that nothing was in the talks of it, I decided to bring it up again at a meeting. And uh, fortunately, what happened was that towards the end of the school year, they were able to teach some courses. Um, the AP students were able to go to the elementary school and teach some courses. Um, it wasn't just like, or like create a project. I don't know what was the exact curriculum, but this was something that these students actually wanted to do. Um, you know, there was uh, back in um, I went, last year, um, you know, we were going through budget cuts and this was back in February. Right. And they wanted to cut off the French department and, you know, the students didn't want that. We weren't going to offer just Spanish, um, as a, as a, you know, language for kids to, um, you know, go to class to, we wanted to offer more than one language. So when that was brought up, you know, cutting off the French department, that was something that impacted me a lot because I took French. I love my French teacher. Um, and, you know, it was something that I didn't want to see these teachers go because of a certain cut, you know. So with the advocacy of the students, with me bringing it upon the table, you know, it was something that we as a group were able to keep and the superintendent decided not to cut it off. Um, and this is one thing that people misunderstand a lot, especially a lot of people that served on the school committee. They tend to forget that we are the boss of the superintendent. I was one ninth of the boss of the superintendent. We, you know, we're not supposed to just vote yes, 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 let's not have a discussion. We are supposed to vote on things where we have discussions. We are applying every single communication across the aisle into the discussion. Um, that way, you know, we can move forward with whatever issue we wanna, you know, we wanna put in place. Um, and that was the thing with, with, uh, with the struggles on the school committee was that every time we wanted to bring something up, it was always, always a problem. Um, you know, I don't wanna say a problem, but I would always get questioned. And, I'm, and I would ask myself, why am I getting questioned for something that's gonna benefit the students? You know, mm-hmm. and we seen how they, how they cut off the, the, I don't know if you guys knew, but um, last year, the beginning of the 2018 school year, okay. uh, they cut off the business department. And we talk about, you know, teaching our students things that they will need in uh, after high school. When we cut off a business department, you know, we're no longer teaching these students, you know, entrepreneurship skills. We're not teaching them, you know, how to be good, um, how to finance your money and how to be good administrators. We're, we're, we're removing that and we're just giving them, you know, more, uh, more courses that, you know, are more reading. And it's, it's just, for me, it wasn't fair that they were cutting off these departments. You know, I didn't learn how to do my, like how to go and do my own taxes or, you know, things like that until I was out of high school. These are things that we're supposed to be teaching our students, you know, how to be good administrators when it comes to financing your own money. And that's the thing about the school system. You know, we, we have to offer more things that students are going to be attracted to. You know, we see how the Northeast vocational school has shops, you know, where students could go um, if they want to be a plumber, if they want to be an electrician, or if they want to be a nurse or a dental hygienist. And they have their Um, choice. And they have their choice. You know, if we had something similar in Chelsea, we would see more students, you know, wanting to come to school, being, you know, 
they, they'll have the opportunity to, you know, be someone. If we just, agree, if we just, if we just throw courses and courses and courses, not all of us are the same. You know, some of us could get through it with the readings and, and with all the, you know, math tests and all that. I was never a perfect student. I wasn't, you know, and I, I didn't have horrible grades either. You know, they were just average. I knew I could have done better and it wasn't yeah. until senior year until I did do better. Um, but like I said, you know, it's, it, it's not fair that we keep on cutting these courses but yet we are applying other things that are benefiting, I want to say administrators. Because when I was, um, when, when we were talking about the, uh, in the budget meetings, I seen that they were adding more and more administrators year by year. Um, okay. and it's it actually something, something you brought up, right? In, it was in, a, in a meeting? Yeah, it was something that I did bring up in a meeting. Um, you know, I questioned the superintendent, uh, Mary Burke, and I asked her, you know, if our enrollment is going down, then why are we adding more and more administrators? Yeah. So this is, this is enrollment of students, right? Enrollment of students. We're losing most of our students to cities like uh, Revere, Lynn, um, you know, where rent is cheaper than Chelsea. Okay. Um, so it was, it was a battle on the school committee. It was a huge battle. You know, it was um, a big headache, not because of my constituents, because my constituents were the reason why I kept on going. It was a headache because of the people that I was working with, not all of them, not all of them, because some of them were pretty good people and um, they did, you know, put in the work and showed up to meetings. But a lot of these, some of these members were just there, in my opinion, because, you know, it just looks better in the resume or mm. it's a career where they could, you know, just go step by step climbing the political ladder. That's how I see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, so like, just to like bring it back to the idea of like where students have a choice in classes they take. And, and so a reason why, like, like I, so I loved school cause I got to show my friends and stuff, but I'll say like, re, like a reason why I didn't like to go to school cause I was in classes that I didn't like to do. I wasn't like, I didn't, I was in classes that I didn't care about. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. didn't find an interest to go. So like I was that student that was, you know, I wasn't like, you know, a dickhead to my teachers and I wasn't like talking back or nothing, but I would, fall asleep in the back of the class or I would, you know, I would skip class because I was like, why do I need this? You know what I mean? And I feel, and I definitely agree with you in like, if I had a choice, I think I would have engaged in school, like high school, I'm talking specifically in a more like, like uh, not aggressive, but in a more just like where I would have been actually wanting to go like for the education, not mm. for, you know, not for like, fooling around with Jason and Rose sessions in the cafeteria. You know what I'm saying? Which, yeah. which were fun. Those were funny. I think I sat in a couple of those tables when you guys would roast Yo. on each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? But like, it but like, go I, around in circles, bro. Yeah, but, yeah. but I feel like if I, if I learned stuff like finance or like, if I learned, uh, I don't know, like wood shop or something, stuff that interests me, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like, uh, I, I would have been more like, I would have wanted to go, but like, when you give me a class, like I, I liked playing guitar, I'm not knocking the guitar, but like when you gave me a class, like, a choice to either pick guitar or like a computer class, you know, I was like, nah, I might as well take the guitar class, you know, so I could fool around. That was my yeah. thought process instead of being like, this is this, you know, a class that I want is, Oh, this is the class I want. It could, it could help me in the future. It was like more of a, oh, a class that, you know, Oh, my buddies are taking this. So I'm just going to take it. Cause whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely agree with, uh, I, I wish I had a, I wish I had a choice, bro. Yeah. And so that's, I yeah, go ahead, Jason. I want to agree with both of you, but I also want to disagree because I do feel to some degree, some students should get a, cho a choice in what they get and what they get 
to learn because if you get a choice, then you are the captain of what you're learning. But there are things that then will go neglected if you do that. If you just, if you just tell students, all right, pick whatever you want to learn, then maybe stuff like chemistry and physics and math, which are usually which, the which subjects. Which you love. I know you yeah, love. Yeah, which are usually the subjects that get neglected, <laughs> yeah, will get no, neglected. No, no, no. I understand. There, I, I believe, you know, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, there should be a limit. You know, we obviously don't want students just taking, oh, finance, piano, and just uh, elective um, classes. But, um, you know, there should also be a limit. I remember going to my guidance counselor and, you know, telling her, oh, I want to switch out of this class. But then the classes they were offering me were like, what am I going to do with reading a book and then watching the movie? I forget what class that was. I think it was. Oh, page to screen, bro. I, took, to that, screen. I took that class. You know what was, I did? I slept in the back, bro. <laughs> So it's like, it's like not, not Mr. Sergeant. I took that class with Mr. Sergeant. I ended up taking it, but not to bash on those type of classes, but you know, when we're not offering um, classes for all of our student population and we're just offering classes for some of our student population, then we are, you know, we are neglecting the fact that students who have a harder time, you know, learning in class and, you know, being more attentive, um, we're neglecting um, their decision of wanting to take a class that's actually gonna, you know, fit their criteria of what they want to do. I look, listen, I do agree. All four core subjects should be taught and there is no reason why that should be removed. You know, all four core subjects, science, math, history, and English. I do okay. believe that, you know, I, my favorite classes were always English and history, as you can see, you know, being where <laughs> <Yeah. I'm at. laughs> but, um, you know, I, mine, were, to, mine were math I, and I know, science. I, I, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I always seen when I would go into French class, I would see Jason. Um, I don't know if it was, I forget what class was in that with Mr. Peacock. Did you have Mr. Peacock? Yeah, I had Peacock. I would, always, I, would, yeah. I would always talk to him. I didn't even have him as a teacher. Dude was super cool. Um, Bro, I, yeah. I did that with a lot of teachers. One teacher. of the chillest yeah. teachers. One of yeah, the chillest yeah. teachers. But I would, you know, I always like talking to everyone. Um, but that's one thing, you know, like it's just we want to give the students um, not just a choice where they're going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to choose all the good ones, but I'm going to leave out the core subjects. No, definitely not. Always a limit, but we want to offer more. Instead of, you know, spending $25,000 on paying intern teachers from Salem State, which I believe is great, we should save those $25,000 and add them into curricular activities like bringing back the business department or, you know, just adding different resources that are going to help our student population. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you completely. Uh, so one thing that I think is a common thing in, in places that we like, like where, where we grew up is that uh, like you were talking about teachers from Salem state are coming, coming in here. Like uh, they're like usually not experienced. They're, they're like this, like their first job or whatever. And those are the types of teachers that we're getting in communities like ours, like, like, like we had in Chelsea. Like most of our teachers were, were like first or second year, second year teachers who don't really know or are not truly experiencing what it's like to teach or nonetheless, like, not, like even above that is teaching students in urban areas who are like already behind, behind on, on the curve because of where they grow up. Yeah. So what do you think is, is a real change that needs to be made for, for communities like ours to be, be more equal with the suburban areas? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the system itself. Like, um, you know, I, the thing would be is that we would have teachers uh, applying to teach at Chelsea High School, teachers that are fresh out of college, um, but yet they come with the mindset, you know, and most of these teachers that are coming to teach at Chelsea High School or at Chelsea Public Schools 
our teachers that come from suburban, um, you know, neighborhoods, communities, uh, and we don't get that much urban teachers that, you know, have lived what we've lived. Um, and our teacher uh, turnover, like the, the amount of teachers that are leaving uh, each year is, is unbelievable, um, you know, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a struggle to keep our teachers. But then again, um, we have to set certain requirements of the type of teachers we want to bring to Chelsea Public Schools. You know, we just can't get someone who's, like I said, graduated straight out of college, um, you know, and wants to come teach uh, here at, uh, at, Chelsea, at Chelsea High School. Like, it, 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 it can't happen. It may happen. You never know. It, but it's rare. You know, that's why we see these teachers after one year, they leave. After two years, they leave. And it's the way the system is set up. I did hear, you know, they, they, it's a certain contract. Uh, I don't know too much details about it because when I was on the school committee, we didn't deal with the teacher contracts. That was a whole separate entity. Okay. But, um, but they, it's it, there's certain contract that the teachers get. You're here for three years, and if we don't like how you're doing after three years, you're getting booted out. And mm -hmm. a lot of these and teachers- And if they like you, you get tenure, right? Yeah, you get tenure? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these teachers that were getting booted out were actually pretty good teachers. I, I actually, is, can, I, can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead. One of my favorite teachers, my AP chemistry teacher, Chakabori, that I had at the time, who like literally gave me the love for, of science that I have right now, was booted out because she didn't want to teach the way that they wanted her that to, they wanted. to. Yeah, which I think is just terrible, bro. Because she taught in a way that she made it fun for us and love, and we like we truly fell in love with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's and, something that hit me personal no. right there. And, and that's the thing. And it's not only, in, you know, during budget season, that was one of the most frustrating things. Um, you know, it was voting on a budget that did not reflect the views of our student population. You know, when we were cutting off 60, 50 teachers across Chelsea Public Schools, that, that's, that, you know, that's not a small number. That's mm -hmm. not a small number. You know, they were cutting. I remember during my last budget season when I was on the school committee uh, at Chelsea High School alone, they wanted to cut over 11 teachers. You know, even though we do have a lot of teachers at Chelsea High School, 11 teachers, out of those 11 teachers, we know that they have, you know, done great things for our students. You know, the students start getting this, um, you know, they start building this relationship with the, with the teachers. And then to see them go actually, you know, makes them, you know, it, it, it makes it hurts, sad, bro. You know, it, it hurts, yeah, it, hurts. It, it gives them I'm telling you, when, feelings. I, when, when, I, when, when I lost Trucker Bordy, I looked at, at the principal and like the administrators as like evil people because they're taking someone that who inspired me and truly gave me love for education and just ripping her away from me. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and it wasn't just me, it was throughout the whole classroom and a lot more, and even deeper than that, people that didn't even have checkerboardy or stuff like that were just there. And like, those are the types of teachers that we should have, yet they want to bring in people that will be like sheep and teach the way that they want to teach, yeah. which I think yeah, is I, but I think, ridiculous, I think, bro. I think just, the, like, just, like, like, just thinking of like my high school career, I think like the more like regimented a teacher was like just the more like they just taught by the book and stuff the more i was uninterested but then mm -hmm. when i had it's boring you know, it's bland like, it's a book yeah. i'd rather read the i might as well be reading the book yeah and like i, I felt so I, I did lpp too uh law and public policy like like julio and i'll just say like a thing that i like i liked i loved about so i knew i wasn't gonna be in in law or politics or, or anything i knew that but i i just loved the teachers you know like uh i remember at the time uh when when i was a junior going to senior year and i signed up i remember we heard 
uh, Miss Tobar was going to be uh, a teacher. And I had her for three years and, and she made history for me fun. She showed videos and she was, uh, you know, very like, uh, uh, I don't know. She was just, very, she was just awesome, bro. She was awesome. And I always wanted to be in that class, you know, like Miss Barlidge, I always wanted to be in that class, you know, and it was English. And I, yeah, I always was like, oh, I hate English. It's just reading and writing. But they made bro. it fun. They made yeah. it fun. And they made it awesome. To, and that's, and those like, and when I think of like teachers that I think back on, I always think on the teachers that made it interesting and made it, you know, made us like feel like we were, we were a part of something. We weren't just like sitting in a class writing notes. You know what I'm saying? We've like, they got us engaged, bro. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Teacher, the teachers that were very engaging. I feel like thinking back to my, like, you know, I, I always think, I always say like, Oh, I wasn't the best student or whatever, but like, yeah. But like the times that I did love school was when, you know, it wasn't so regimented and it was kind of loose and it was kind of just like, they understood, you know what I mean? Like, and it was, it was awesome that way. That, that's just my opinion. I think like the regimented style, like where they were trying to implement, like in terms of the administration, like that J Jason was talking about in terms of how, like they were trying to teach uh, his chemistry teacher, how to, how to teach. I feel like that's, that's just wrongdoing for us, bro. For the student, bro. For the student, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I think as well is that what you were saying before Julio of um, how, a lot of the, the teachers that come are coming from suburban areas that, that, that already is a problem within itself because mm -hmm. usually students who are seeing teachers who don't look anything like them will not take in the information as mm -hmm. well as if it was somebody who truly understands what it's like. So I, I think there really is a disconnect between how getting, getting students like us to come back and want to teach in areas and want to teach the students and people like us. And I don't know, I don't know if you have any ideas how we, how we can make that better. Um, so, you know, I, I think that one thing that we need to do, um, there is this new pathway that was created at the high school, uh, the educational pathway. I forget what's the exact name of it. It's for so teachers? We'll, for teachers. So if is you want to go- Is it like LPP? It's kind of, yeah, it, well, in the educational field. Okay. Um, so it's okay. another pathway. I, I'm pretty sure it's still there. Um, but one thing we have to do is that we want to teach our student population who wants to head into the educational field to become teachers or administrators or whatnot. Um, you know, we have to teach them to come back and give back to their community. But, of course. but we can't teach them that if we're, you know, um, making it hard for teachers to teach the curriculum they think or they believe that will help their students. You know, teachers shouldn't be given a curriculum that has to be by the books. They should be given a curriculum that, you know, they themselves could form in a way that will be uh, interesting to the, to the whole class, you know? And um, I think it, it, to start off, it's just how, um, it has to be the communication between administrators and teachers. Uh, a lot of teachers, uh, not to bash on the administration at Chelsea High School, because I know the job's not easy. I know the job, it, it's long hours. Um, yeah. You know, but they cannot take advantage of our teachers, point blank. They cannot expect them to teach it by the books if not every student, um, you know, is going to like that, that type of uh, curriculum, you know, or, or, you know, some of those students may have a hard time understanding the curriculum that these teachers want them, that the administrators want the teachers to teach. So I think it all starts off with, you know, giving an example to the students at the high school who want to become teachers to come back and teach the students. I also think that there should be requirements of who we are hiring, not to discriminate against suburban teachers or anything, but if you're gonna come to teach, 
at a urban community like Chelsea Public Schools, you have to make sure that you are ready for it because, you know, um, there's going to be a backlash. Yeah, we have a lot of students that do struggle and do have a hard time engaging in their classrooms. And you have to be ready for that. If you're not ready for that, then you cannot be a teacher at Chelsea High School or at one of our middle schools. You have to know that you're not going to come into our schools with the mindset that, oh, yes, let me help all these children that are struggling, this, this, and that. No, you cannot come in with that mindset. You have to come in with the mindset that, yes, I'm going to understand these students. Yes, I have the past um, resume of, you know, being a teacher at, you know, a urban school system in Dorchester or, you know, Roxbury. Um, So I think that's what we should be looking into when we're hiring these teachers. Um, And we want teachers to come to Chelsea, you know, these teachers that are coming from urban communities. But when we when they when they see the numbers of the amount of teachers that are leaving yearly, I think that gives them the impression that, yeah, that gives them the impression that, you know, if I go there, who knows if I'm going to last well over a year. I've seen teachers that don't even last six months. So it's like, you know, we we have to, you know, first show and, you know, show the students there that, you know, if you do become a teacher, we want you to come back. You know, we want you to give back to the um, to the community. We want you to give back to our students. And, you know, that's one thing. How many people haven't graduated Chelsea High School throughout the years, but go teach somewhere else? Why? Because they see how teachers get treated. You know, uh, I haven't been around for almost a year and a half in the Chelsea public school system. But when I was, when I was you know, a school committee member, I was getting calls and emails of teachers that were struggling because they weren't getting enough support from their administrators. And that, it starts from the administration. Um, you know, I believe that the administrators that should be put in place at our schools, at Chelsea Public Schools, should not be people who are going to be, you know, um, how can I say this in a way where it won't sound too rude, but they should be people that, you know, will be themselves, that they're not going to follow this status quo of, yes, if I do this, I'm going to get this promotion. Or if I listen to the superintendent, I'm going to get this promotion. No, it should not be like that. You know, we should be um, we should be having administrators that are actually going to care and, you know, not be afraid of speaking out against policies that are being brought from their superiors. Beautiful, bro. Beautiful. I agree well, 100%. well said, bro. Well said. <laughs> no disagreements there, brother. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, so clearly, clearly, you know a lot about what it's like to be on the school committee and everything like that. But ultimately, you did end up resigning. So if, why, why did you even make that choice? Yeah, so um, it was, you know, it was hard. There were a lot of tensions going on on the school committee. It was getting to my personal life. It was getting to me. Um, my aunt was moving, um, you know, and I was living with my aunt at the time because I was going to Bunker Hill. And uh, it was closer from home. I didn't want to. Li- I did not. I did not want to move out of Chelsea. I didn't want. I did not want to come to Lynn. I wanted to stay in Chelsea. So okay. I decided to stay with my aunt um, throughout that time on the school committee. Throughout that time doing community work. Um, but it was a, a. You know, my aunt was already moving by the summer, and I was like, you know, I'm struggling financially. Um, you know, and I had to finish school. I had to focus on school. Um, being on the school committee took a lot of my time. Um, and it's, and I did not mind that one bit. I did not mind that one bit, but I did want to focus on my studies and I did want to, you know, um, you know, I just, it it was just all, a lot of things going on at the same time where I decided that I could not serve my constituents to the fullest 
if I'm having all of these things going on. So, um, you know, I decided to resign and it was so many tensions. One of the biggest things why I, uh, were, why I decided to resign was because people weren't showing up to meetings and I'm not saying everyone, but some people, and they would say that they had an excuse or, you know, a legitimate reason not to come to meetings. But if you're going two, three months without coming to a meeting, um, and you're getting paid weekly, one, you're taking the taxpayer's money. Two, that's a seat that someone else who wants to do the work can take that seat because that seat does not belong to me or any of those people serving on the school committee. You know, this, this type of job that some politicians consider is not, you know, promised. It's okay. not, you know, and that's what a lot of these politicians need to understand. They stay in office for 10, 20, 30 years, and they maintain and they're categorized in this um, group of, uh, I call them the status quo, people who, you know, you know they, they, they stick together. Uh, they're the old schoolers, uh, not to like point out by age or anything, but they're the old schoolers <laughs> who, um, you know, who need to give other people a chance. You know, they just can't stay in these elected positions for, for so long. You know, it, again, it's not promise. It's not their seat. And yeah. that was one thing that a lot of these, um, that a lot of elected officials think it's, you know, they get, um, they get used to being in an elected position for far too long. And then when you see a progressive, strong candidate like Damali Vido, who I'm going to give a shout out, Damali Vido is... Um, Damali Vido, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Damali Vido is currently <laughs> one of our counselors at large in the city of Chelsea. And she is running for the second Suffolk district of uh, Massachusetts, which represents Chelsea and Charlestown. Um, Damali is actually the one who, who like, you know, she was like the, the rocket for me to run. She rocket strapped you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, you know, you know, I know you can do this, you know, you're young, but that shouldn't let you, you know, not want to get where you want to get. So Damali right now, she's running against, uh, state representative Daniel Ryan. Um, and you know, we need change in Chelsea. We've never had a woman uh, representing us at Beacon Hill for the house, for the state uh, house of representatives. And we've never had a Latino or a Latina serving in that position. So, you know, I think during these times, what we need, you know, is getting people, progressive candidates um, to get out poll papers and run for these positions where you have a lot of these people serving for years and years and years and aren't doing anything for the community. You know, they just get out, they go to their meetings, they vote yes, go back home, you know? It's, and it, it's, it, um, it's unfair, man. It's, uh, sorry, I was going to say, it's unfair. No, so, like, uh, my boss, my boss now, like, the reason why, like, I respect him so much is because, like, so he, 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 like, he sat me down. He was like, you know, some people in, in, in this business are going to want to stay at, on top as long as they can, and they're, they're going to squash anybody that can squ- they can squash. But then he says, he's like, that's just the wrong, wrong way to manage, bro. It's just the wrong way to have that stature bro you have like he says you have to you're building you're trying to build someone to have your job one day that's what that's Mm -hmm. the goal the goal is not for you to keep your job as long as you can it's for you to build people under you for one day to have your job and do it Mm -hmm. better you know what i mean definitely and 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 that's something that's that hit me when when you were saying like these you know i don't want old timers you know what i'm saying like that just want to like have the position and just like stay there it's it's sad to see because like when we want change, like sometimes, you know, a different face or a different, you know, style of doing things really helps the world, bro. You know, helps the world change. Bro. 
like in- I actually I actually um I took a I took a politics class this um this past like semester right and I was I didn't know anything about, about politics literally I didn't even know technically I guess a mayor is part of I didn't know a mayor was part of government I guess I didn't even know that <laughs> but now I, now I know that it all works together you know one thing so I, I one thing I did notice is that one how people in the House of Representatives they don't have to they don't have to they can they can be in as many times as they want right Mm-hmm. They can just keep going and going and going. Senators and too. I didn't know that. It, yeah, and I, what, it was a question because obviously we have presidents now that are that are in office for eight years max, and then they mm-hmm. can't go again. Uh, one of the questions I that I got asked in my class was, should there be a limit on what a House representative, or Senate, or anybody in this in the in mm-hmm. Congress, should should there be a limit as to how long they can be in office? You think that they should be? I, I do believe in term limits. I'm someone who strongly advocates for term limits. You know, um, let's say I'm a representative going for eight years. Um, you know, it's, I think sometimes it's just, um, like I said, people just get used to being in this position, but term limits are important. You know, uh, we have uh, the only um, uh, office that I believe uh, has term limits is the presidency. Mm-hmm. But when you look at senators, when you look at congressmen, when you look at state senators within a state and state representatives within a state, when you look at councilmen and, um, and uh, you know, people who are serving in the town hall, there is no term limits. Um, there is a city councilor in Chelsea who's been serving since the 70s, believe it or not. <laughs> That's insane. As an alderman and then to a city councilor, you know, and not to bash on him, you know, because uh, I, I think he's, he's a great guy. You know, I, I respect him a lot. But I do believe that we need a change. We cannot have um, these people that have been holding office for 30, 20 years stay there for too long because they won't be the one, they will be the ones dictating our future. They won't be here 30, 40 years from now. We will, though. That's why I do believe that it is imperative, imperative for people, you know, who are progressive, who believe in the idea of, you know, advocating for their community to run for office, you know? And uh, like, for example, Damali. Um, Damali wasn't afraid to step up to the table. You know, she, um, she decided to run for office because especially during this pandemic, we've seen how Chelsea has been disproportionately impacted by this virus, not just by a virus, but we have been disproportionately impacted by many things. You know, we have, we, um, it, by, um, what's the street called? Uh, down in Eastern Ave, we have uh, jet fuel that we hold for Logan Airport. Millions and millions uh, of gallons of jet fuel um, that we hold for, um, for Logan Airport. We have the salt piles down by Meridian, Meridian Bridge. You know, yes. um, our cases of the amount of children that have asthma in Chelsea is one of the highest in the Through state. Through the Massachusetts. roof. Through the, the roof. Highest. So, you know, when we get the burden of the stick, when we are, you know, when we aren't getting represented enough at Beacon Hill by our state representatives and our state senators, and we are going through the same, you know, um, issues, then we need change. And, you know, I firmly believe, I firmly believe that Damali Vido is that change, you know, um, and uh, it's, it's just a thing where too many people don't want to get involved nowadays. Like we mentioned, we were talking about earlier how like, you know, um, Vic thought that politics was just all corrupt. You know, I had a couple yeah. buddies of mine that used to call me in Spanish, el corrupto, because they categorized <laughs> me as politicians that were yeah. corrupt. 
which is, you know, not true. You know, not all politicians are corrupt. Not all politicians are, are, um, are liars. You know, some politicians do stick for their word and do want to work for the community. Yeah. You know, like I said before, um, I don't think people who are getting into office should be in there uh, for a reason of wanting to climb up the political ladder. If you're going to run for state representative, if you're going to run for senator, if you're going to run for president, you have to make sure you are running for the right reasons. You know, you're not for running the people. for the people, you know, you're not running because, you know, uh, I want to run for state representative and then I want to be congressman and then I want to be senator. It should not be like that. And the, the, the fact that I want to say about 70% of our politicians are like this, maybe even more is disgusting. It's truly disgusting. And that's what, you know, American politics has been known to be. You know, it, it, at first it was just the white man was controlling, you know, our, our government system. Now we're seeing more women, but then people get stuck into the status quo, you know, of the long timers who have been serving in office and aren't doing enough for the people that they're supposedly representing. Beautiful, bro. Another beautiful statement. I know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you see, you see this, is, this, is, this is why I feel like we have to have some people like you who are young and know are truly are in the communities that we're trying to influence to be, be out there and doing something positive in the community. So for you, obviously, you're not part of, part of politics right now, but would you want in the future to be going, go back into politics? And what would you want to do? Yeah, no. Um, so it all starts, you know, I have a lot of love for Chelsea. I really do. Me too. Uh, unfortunately, I can't afford to have my own apartment or my own home in Chelsea because one, our rent is too high. Through the roof. Across, across the city, um, which is, again, disgusting. The fact that there hasn't been, um, you know, a, a, legislat a legislature that, um, you know, helps our low income families in Chelsea when it comes to mortgages, when it comes to rent is, again, you know, it, it shows the lack of representation that we have, not only Chelsea, but communities like Brockton, Lawrence, Springfield, places in Boston that are disproportionately represented um, at Beacon Hill. But yeah. with me... I believe that, you know, like, like if I were to run for office again, uh, it wouldn't be, you know, I just wouldn't be like, yeah, I want to run for state rep because, you know, I want to build a career out of it. Um, no, I want to run for office because I want to represent my people. You know, okay. if I see a politician who's not doing his job, um, then I'm going to step up to the, uh, to, to the table and run for office. Unfortunately, I can't do that right now because I'm trying to finish up school. You know, finish I have my up. studies. So, you got to so, focus uh, what, on yourself sometimes, bro. Well, yeah, what I'll say about that, Jason gave me the best advice I, I, I probably ever had. So I was, I, was, I was mad. I was like, yo, man, I feel like I'm not doing enough for my, my community. I'm not doing enough for my people. And I was, I was like, I want to make fucking change, but I just don't know how. And he was like, Vic, bro, chill, bro. He's like, Kobe Bryant, bro. He, he, bro, that's my favorite player, bro. I'm about to cry, bro. Anyways, yeah. Kobe, he, he was like, Kobe Bryant, bro. He... he he stayed after practice, bro. Took hundreds of shots, bro. Why? To better himself, but to better his team, bro, essentially, mm -hmm. at, towards the end, you know? And, and a quote that always got me is, I'm, I'm going to botch this quote, but it's like, you can't save the person next to you on an airplane if you haven't put your gas mask on first, bro. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, like, it, it's, it's hard for you to, like, leave, leave uh, the, the political game, bro. You know what I mean? And, to, and I know because I, I can see it in your eyes, bro. You're striving for that change. But I think it's just... This is a stepping stone that's going to get you, bro, it's going to give you your education, bro. And it's just going to help you in the future 
mm-hmm. with advocating for yourself and marketing yourself in a way where you could help the community, bro. That's just how I see it, bro. So don't think of it as like, oh shit, like fuck, bro. Think of it as like a, it's, it's, it's for the good, bro. It's for mm-hmm. the fucking good. Like yeah. Kobe Bryant taking those hundreds of shots after and before practice, bro, is it's making the team better, it's which making is the team all better. of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is all of us, bro. So don't ever feel like you're being selfish or nothing because you are exactly where you're supposed to be, bro. And especially, yo, you're so yeah, like you're young, bro. You're literally younger yeah, than the two of us right here. <laughs> yeah, and bro. you've, you've done a year or two. <laughs> yeah, but you still like that that one year, you're younger than us, but you still have done already so much more than us in in the in trying to make change and getting getting students go to go from their school where they to think teach? they want to 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 they to to want to go to a community meeting for a school just so that they can so they can fight for what they want that's beautiful want. bro because yeah. that that's the only way that we're going to teach students that they're the one that, that we're going to teach not even just students individuals and everybody in the community that we run the community not mm-hmm. the people in in the offices we truly run them the government is supposed to be something for the people not for the the government itself Yet the the way that the way that it's been set up is those people that have been there for years and years think that they own that spot when truly it's the it's the people that should own that spot. It's the people see, and you know that's one thing that um, with me it was just like I never imagined myself being you know at the time when I was serving I never imagined myself being. Yeah, I, um, yo, honestly, when I first met you, I would have <laughs> never imagined that shit either. <laughs> that's crazy, was, bro. <laughs> so it just, it just it just like came to you, bro, senior year, bro. Hand gestures and everything? Well, it was, it was more of like, you know, when I started actually like, you know, when I was working on my, um, you know, um, my, I I remember it was a UN presentation that we were having. Um, I did that too. I think you did that too. And, you know, we were uh, representatives of countries going Mm -hmm. into a, um, you know, into a, it's like a UN meeting. I forget what it was the the exact name for it. Um, Uh, um, Do you remember? United Nations. So I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. But, um, but once we, and that was our last project. I I was Nigeria, by the way, (laughs) who got got an A plus this guy. I was, I was was Ukraine. I was Ukraine. Okay. okay, okay. (laughs) But, um, when I, when Uh, model UN, model UN, model UN, model UN, there it is. There it is. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it, it was there. And then where I was like, you know, um, I am looking up information about a country and speaking up on the issues of that country. Um, then if I can do that for a model UN, then I know I can do this uh, for my community. Okay. Um, and, you know, when I started getting more involved, you know, it, when I was in high school, I remember I spoke with Tobar. I was like, Miss Tobar, can you get me connected to someone from, you know, the city government of Chelsea? Mm-hmm. And she got, she got me connected with uh, Leo Robinson. Um, and great then, man, great man, bro. And he, I, know, he is, I know him personally, he's a great man. He is. Um, and then after Leo, I worked with Leo for a couple um, for a couple of weeks. And then I met Damali. When I met Damali, and I and I suggest like I I'm telling you guys, I'm gonna send you videos of Damali. She is please, please do, please um, do. And she does care about the community. Uh, when I met Damali, I fell in love. It was like love at first sight. I was like, this is a warrior. This is my shiro. This is the person who is fighting each and every day, no matter what altercations uh, are coming towards her, she fights for the people. And, you know, she was kind of the same way like me when I first got elected, Um, just because, you know, she wasn't, um, you know, she comes from a, a, a community that has struggled a lot. And she is the realest you will ever meet. So every time there were issues that were impacting our 
um, our community, you know, like transit, you know, the MBTA has took so much advantage of our workers in Chelsea, um, you know, yes. and it's, and, and the limited amount of buses. And we're talking about um, before the pandemic, you know, before the pandemic. And I know many of you guys have took the 111. It's, it's unbelievable the amount of people that are in that bus. But then when you go to, um, you know, suburban communities, you have the same access that they're offering in Chelsea, but you know, it's, they're taking care of it a bit more, you know, and it's, it, it's, just yeah, it's unfair. more, it's more polished. It's you know unfair. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's unfair. Um, you know, it, for me, politics is not just about, you know, being political politics is about being an advocate for, for the community. And, you know, Damali has taught me that. Um, and that is just one core principle that if I do ever run for office that I will have, um, you know, forever, it's not something it's, I like, I don't know where I'm going to be 10 years from now, but I know that 10 years from now, that will be my same principle, you know, making sure that no matter what decision I'm making, uh, in, in an elected position, I want to have these discussions with my constituents. I want to have these discussions with other elected officials who are going through the same thing. That's beautiful, bro. Like, like uh, a big part of the reason why we started this podcast is because we we were we were dying for change, bro. We want this change, and I felt like, I I felt like, our voices need to be heard, bro. You know, our not our, not only ours but other not, people like yeah, yours, I meant, yeah. where you can come on and speak about what you think is is important too. Definitely. So like, I love. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to Jason all the time, bro. He's 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 like a brother to me. You know, what not I mean? earlier today. I, I, yeah, not <laughs> earlier today. I'll, you know, whatever. Anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you got me tight bro anyway anyways but like you know i feel like it's important to have people like like you bro where you represent the community and you represent it really well um you know and i i feel i feel like it's 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 a necessity bro you we have to bro because bro our voices are not heard and i feel like i'm trying to we're trying to create this platform where we could speak bro and we could have fun but we could also speak about the shit that's been bothering us forever, bro. You know what I'm saying? And that's why this podcast is so important to me, bro. Cause I feel, I, I maybe I feel like we're creating change little by little, bro. And like, bro, no joke. Half the time, bro, you were speaking, bro. I was getting goosebumps. Cause I was like, let's fucking go. I was getting riled up. You know what I'm saying? I was Hell like, yeah, oh, bro. Man. Hell yeah. Yo. Like, you know, like when it's a great, it's a great speech or like the words are hitting you when like you get riled up, you know, like before a football game, football players yeah, yeah, are getting yeah. riled up. That's how I was. I was jittery in my seat. And I was just like, oh man, this dude's saying the truth, bro. Cause again, like I was that guy. Oh, politics is, is a scheme, bro. You know, they're just doing this blah, blah, blah for for resumes, bro, and, and power plays, bro. That's what I, what, that's, that's the kind of talk happens. that I was talking, bro, you know? It, it and it does happen, lot. but I love to see, you know, great, like a great person like yourself, bro. And I'm, and I'm honored that I personally know you, bro. Um, and you're just creating change and you want positive change, not for selfish reasons because it's going to make you look good, but because it's needed, bro. And I, yeah. I just love that shit. Like it, it's, it's awesome, bro. I'm, I'm proud of you, brother. For real. I'm, I appreciate I'm it. I'm super ecstatic, bro. And I, and bro, you need a signature, bro. Victor Rodriguez, bro. Just, just remember Thank that. You need a vote. Thank you. you need a vote. We got you, bro. Yeah, Thank bro. You. And, and like, bro, it's just, it's awesome, bro. Cause it's just fucking cool as shit, bro. Cause I grew sure. up. It's cool, bro. Thank it's just, it's amazing, you. bro. Speaking. Yeah. It. Honestly, because we grew up with you and seeing you, how you were, up to now, how you're presenting yourself <laughs> through this. Like, how do you, how did you adjust from being like, you from know, you change. were, yeah. How did you adjust from being yeah. young and being a person and trying to give that image of a politician? Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, like, like you guys said, a lot of you guys knew me um, when, when, uh, 
when I was in high school and I loved going to parties. I was a, I was a party man. You know, I, <laughs> I, uh, I loved enjoying my time. Uh, and it was, it was hard to transition from, you know, living such a life. Uh, I don't want to say a crazy life, but you know, when you're, when we're in a, high school, a life, we, a life of freedom, yeah. a, life, a life of freedom yeah. and, 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 you know, fun things coming across yeah. the way. It was hard to transition from that to, you know, the, the person I am now. Um, it's, you know, now, like when I'm around my friends, like it, and, and even you guys behind cameras, (laughs) you know, um, I'm, uh, you know, I can be more, I'm not the typical politician that, you know, people will see me as, you know, I'm just this regular guy who, you know, is, comes from an immigrant family, a low income family who had to build their way up the level, you know, and as many of our families in Chelsea, um, you know, they have the, the same experience. Um, so with me transitioning from the person I was to the person I am now, was, it wasn't difficult. And it, it was difficult sometimes, but at the, at, at the end of the day, it wasn't difficult at all because I knew I was making this change for a good purpose. And it was to you know, help my community. And I wanted to give a good example um, to uh, my community. You know, I didn't want them to think, oh, this kid is nine, 18 years old getting elected. Um, he's probably not going to take this serious. That's what a lot of people thought about me when I got into office. I had people, you know, you had that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. The school committee was always divided. Uh, you know, um, and what I mean divided before I got there, it used to be eight against one, um, which wasn't me. It was one of my colleagues, Richard Moransky, but this is why elections happen. You know, when we keep the same people in office, they get used to voting yes, 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 and then forget about the discussion. Let's just go home. Um, So that's the important thing about voting, you know, and not just voting for our council uh, elections, but voting for our, you know, state elections and our presidential elections. You know, people think our vote doesn't matter, but our vote does matter. Uh, Maybe in the presidency, it might get a little bit, you know, shaky. uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) because of the electoral college. But when it comes to you know, voting for senator, when it comes to voting for a congressman or a state rep or a state senator or a councilman, you have to make sure that you get out and vote. Um, because if you don't vote, you don't know who's going to be the person getting into that office. You know, it, uh, a quick example, um, there was a, um, a race in Boston. Uh, some lady I know, her name is Julia Mejia. She was going against um, this other lady who, you know, Julia Mejia ended up winning by one vote. Imagine that, by one vote. So elections do matter. Imagine that if, you know, two people from Julia Mejia's uh, supporters would have not voted, that would have been a huge difference because she would have lost that seat. So the importance of voting, you know, is important, no matter how old you are. In the state of Massachusetts, you could register to vote um, when you're 16 years old, and then you could get out to vote when you're 18. Um, so that's one thing about Massachusetts, you know, where, when it comes to voting, um, you know, we're a state that does provide, um, uh, the, the accurate, you know, uh, information to get an out to vote compared to Georgia and Texas, where we see people of color who aren't represented and then don't get this information and they don't end up voting. And mm-hmm. th- that's the thing across the country where, where, you know, we're struggling because not enough people have that access to vote. A lot of these states require a excuse me require an id to vote and you know which some people may think is is okay um 
but other people may think that as a way where, you know, in places like Tennessee or Texas, where the RMV uh, is too far for them to get an ID. So that means I can't vote because I don't have a, you know, an identification to prove to the people at the, at the polling um, places that I am registered to vote or that I am a voter. Um, so it's just uh, the importance of voting is, is, you know, super important, even if it's local elections, state elections, you know, people may think, oh, yeah, my vote doesn't matter. Well, you may think that in the, pre the presidential elections, um, but even in the presidential elections, it's always good to go out to vote. Um, but your vote does matter. It really does. And it could make a difference when you vote. Um, let's say it, it, in a lot of a lot of times you see it in um, uh, in immigrant families where two of the children may be um, citizens and their parents can't vote. When you vote, you know, and you have uh, an undocumented, I call them undocumented citizens because they are living in our country. They're not uh, undocumented immigrants. You know, they are part of our community. Like they are that. part of our nation. And, like um, you know, the fact that we, that some people in the other side um, see them as a burden to our country, I see them as the strength of this economy. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is that when you go out to vote and you have an undocumented parent or an undocumented sister, you are voting. Their vote, I mean, your vote is their vote as well at the end of the day. And if you don't vote, then, you know, you don't know who's going to get elected into that position. Yeah, I think it's not just voting. It's also being, I think that they should, I, I don't know. I feel like in our schools, you know how you were talking about how business is not pushed as important at all? Mm -hmm. When it hard. truly, when it truly is, because finance and understanding how you use your money is very important for you in all throughout life. But I also think that politics should be really pushed for students because mm -hmm. politics. Look, look, even me, it took me a whole like it took me to be in college taking a class about politics to truly learn how much it influences our lives, our lives every day. Mm -hmm. And nobody notices it because it just goes and goes and yeah. goes. And I feel like it's obviously, maybe that's yeah. on purpose. That's a conspiracy of mine that they just want you to not know. But yeah. besides that, I think that they should, there should be in schools pushing you to learn about politics, be interested yeah. because that's truly how we're going to make that change. Yeah. yeah no, finance I, too. Okay. I think finance is a big thing that we should, we should like, cause like, so I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't, I don't know a lot about, I don't say I know a lot about finance, but I know, I know a decent amount. And I'll say like, it's just, if I didn't take the initiative, bro, to try and learn it, I think I would have never learned it. You know what I mean? If I didn't read the books, bro, rich, rich dad, poor dad, think and grow rich, whatever, you know, you what, didn't what, read that. I read pieces of it, whatever. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, I read pieces of it, whatever. So like the, the important stuff, right, Vic? <laughs> yeah, no, I read, I read like some of it. I skimmed through it, but like, what I mean is like, if I didn't take the initiative, like as myself, just because I was so angry, like, where the fuck is my money going? Like, I just got paid, like, what the fuck, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I was so mad, and I was like, man, this is like a fucking habit. I gotta break this shit somehow. I gotta learn how to use it. Like, if I didn't take that initiative myself to try and learn this, I would have never learned it, to be honest, bro. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and and I think it's truly important to learn stuff like that because. Finance is something you're going to have for the rest of your life. You're going to have to learn how to deal with, learn and deal with your money, bro. And you're going to learn how to take, you know, ex have to learn how to deal with big expenses. Like for example, school, like, like a uh, college, bro. Like to be buying honest, a car, buying a house, buying a car, buying a house. Yeah. Like big expenses like that. Take a lot of planning take a lot of mm -hmm. understanding, uh, even understanding. What, all the, all the phrases like, uh, what is it? Uh, I don't even know all those phrases, the acronyms that they have about loan percentages and shit. Like none of that. Nobody teaches you none of that Nobody. shit. Even like, even like, bro, like 
they like people they don't so, teach you they, like they don't like speaking about politics like i didn't know bro literally bro there's, there's 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 local then there's state then there's federal all three wrapped up together to make a government bro and literally i was thinking that it's just the president <laughs> and congress and then that's it bro and that's it <laughs> and that's one thing you know like uh thankfully last year the the state legislature of massachusetts was able to pass um, you know, legislature that would include civic engagement uh, into our schools across the state, uh, which is something I think the reason why we have so many people uh, that uh, around our age that aren't engaged as much is because we weren't teaching them that in, in high school, middle school. Civic engagement should start at least in elementary school. And it shouldn't be, oh yeah, with politics, it should start off by helping out your neighbor or, you know, teaching a class that is, um, you know, that's going to help them you know, understand the functioning of engaging with a community member who's struggling or a community member who needs, you know, any type of help. Uh, and I'm, you know, it, the thing, I'm actually, you know, kind of pissed that um, I, we didn't have a civics class in, in high school, um, you know, and it's, I'm, I'm happy now that they're applying it for our, you know, students currently in school right now, which that gives hope for you know our future because then you know they will have this idea that civic engagement is actually important that going out to vote is actually important yeah i've always said that like it start the change in my opinion starts with education bro like if you educate at a young age too the yeah, younger you the younger always. the better like the younger the better if, if you educate like like a little kid because little kids don't know you know they're naive and they're open to any idea they're open to the world i, I saw so, like a picture today that was like uh, it was like a baby and it was empty and then it was a guy and, it, and it, he was like, you, you fill them with what you want. And there was a guy filling the baby with hate. And I was, and it's, that's really how it is. It's like, you, you feel, you fill the kid up with what you think is the way to live life. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and our, if our education gets to them first before you can ruin them, then it's better. And so, <laughs> something that we dived in like last episode was just the idea that like, sometimes like parents try to do the best for their kids, but sometimes they just don't know that they're teaching their kids the wrong shit because they've never been exposed to something like, like a finance class, bro. You know what I'm saying? And they're or a politics class or, or a politics like class. So like they they've been living their whole life and they think, oh, yo, voting is is nothing, bro. I've never done it my whole life. Like it's not gonna make no who, change. Who who cares about saving money, stuff like that? Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, like it, like it, it just you your parents' habits like trend become off your you. habits. They become, become your, your habits, habits. You know. So then you have to you have to just try like that's what that's that's what i always think like i always think like oh, the, when i have kids bro i want to be able to teach them everything that i didn't know and i want to give them stuff and i'm and i'm always thinking that bro if i even if i never have kids i always want to like be able to supply yeah. the the things that i like in turn not things i ever had like i love my mom but i'm talking about things like that like i wish i learned bro like in school yeah. or whatever and that, that's why i'm always like oh, i gotta learn this because one day like I, like i'm gonna be faced with this situation and i have to I have to know how to maneuver, bro. So I won't get stuck and, and get all yeah. you know, messed up, bro. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter how much, you know, the love, uh, how much we love our parents, we learn from their mistakes. And we want to make sure that, you know, when, when we do become parents, uh, if we become parents, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we want to make sure that we are learning from their mistakes and making sure that we don't make those same mistakes with, with our children and our future generation. Um, you know, it's, it, it, for me, you know, my parents struggled a lot uh, financially at one point, and that's why I believe the importance of administrating your money and, and any assets you have is important. 
and this is not something that's taught in school. You know, this is something that, you know, if you're going into like a business, um, uh, like if you're going to, if you're studying for like, you know, finance or marketing or any type of, you know, business related uh, field, then, you know, this is something that you don't learn until college and not a lot of kids go to college. So when they end up, you know, graduating high school and don't end up going to college, uh, they have a hard time, you know, financing their money and, you know, being good administrators when it comes to, to what they're spending things on. Uh, and, you know, it's all about keeping a balance. It's all about keeping a balance. It's, yeah, it's de- definitely. I definitely would have to agree. And then it's just so something something I always talk about is the small city mentality. Right. So I remember, you know, we, we all went to Chelsea. High. I remember there was like this ideal that like like because we're from this we're because we're from this city, we're from Chelsea, you know, that I'm talking about specifically. We we can't we're not we're not allowed to have certain necessities or certain like things in life that that will help us out. Like because like it's like it's like this ideal that like because we come from struggle, we always have to live in it. Bro. Yeah, it's, it's like we're so used type. to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and like so something I always ask is like, how, how do you think we could change that small city mentality that I always talk about? Like, how do you, how do you change the idea that, like, cause that's built within someone where it's like, oh bro, like pretty much like I ain't shit bro, because I, I'm from where I'm from. And like the dream is always, oh, I want to get out. The, I want to get out the hood, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to make it out the hood, bro. Like yeah. and people understand is like, how do you, you, to build a better, better community that you're, that you complain about so much, you have to be within it, bro. You got to grow within it and you have to check like, it's like a, it's like a flower, bro. You got to water the, water the bean, bro. So how, yeah. how what do you think? Like, we how, how do we change that bro so i always tell people you know um being from chelsea should not be something that someone uh should be embarrassed about you know um the only way that we could change this stereotype is by proving people wrong you know you guys are a great example of that you guys want to make change you, you know too. and you and, too brother you too thank you um but you know when we see um you know i think the first change like the first um uh thing that that makes you want to be proud of yourself is being someone from Chelsea who is actually achieving something, you know, that way when you go back, you know, like I like sharing my story with, uh, you know, students and people in Chelsea, because I want them to know that no matter how much I struggled, no matter in high school, no matter, no matter how much, you know, I struggled out of high school, um, you know, there is always a chance to be someone, you know, it doesn't matter if you're from Chelsea, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is that you want to make sure that you're giving this example um, to the people back home. That way you're not categorized in a, in a stereotype where, you know, just because you're from Chelsea, you're going to fail. You know, there are so many people that graduate from Chelsea High School and are doctors now, are working in the law enforcement, are lawyers, are going to college, you know, have great jobs. You know, it's, it, it, and it's not a burden anymore. Um, you know, that's how I see it. You know, I never, you know, I used to always hear this, you know, I want to get out of the hood. Um, you know, I'm embarrassed to be in from Chelsea, but I've never seen it like that. Um, I've seen it as in a way where, you know, if I can prove people that I've done something with my life, if I can prove people that I've achieved something in my life, then that's enough um, proof to show that being from Chelsea is great. That being from Chelsea is not a burden. Um, and, you know, it, you shouldn't be embarrassed at all. It doesn't, you know, as long as you are able to, um, you know, share your story and, um, you know, be the living proof of something you've achieved, then I think, you know, that whole stereotype of, you know, being embarrassed of being from Chelsea is, you know, f- forgive my French, is, is, is total bullshit. 
Um, you know, it's, that's just my personal opinion. And all of us have heard of that. We've all heard that same, we want to get out the hood. Um, mm -hmm. But if you get out the hood, do not forget where you come from. You yeah. know, do not forget that you were born and raised in a 1.8 square mile city, um, you know, an immigrant community where, you know, you achieve so much. You want to make sure you are bringing back that everyone who's, you know, graduating from Chelsea High School is coming back to Chelsea, bringing their story and giving aspirations to our future generation, you know, so they could follow the same steps of, you know, wanting to be a lawyer, of wanting to be a doctor or wanting to be someone in life. Beautiful, bro. Jeez, I, th beautiful, bro. <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think that's, that's even better. Cause now, I mean, I, at least for me and Vic, I'm seeing so many of my fellow classmates of the class of 2016. They're all graduating right now, 2020. I'm looking and I'm like seeing, seeing. Shout out to the class a, of 2020. Class, shout out to the class <laughs> of 20. It puts a smile on my face that so many of my fellow classmates against the odds, bro. I remember my, Mr. Peacock, he did, he, he was uh, obviously he was a great teacher and he put it to a straight, bro. The, 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 the statistics say the six, the stats are stacked against you. Most immigrant students that go to college are going to end up dropping out. They're not going to finish. Mm -hmm. And yet people in our community, our city, just to get through that shit is just beautiful, bro. So proud. And that small sentimentality, we're crushing yeah. that shit, bro. We are. We're we all are. examples. We, are. we all are. We all are. And that's why we need to build our future generation by sharing these stories you know, making sure that we're telling them, do not be embarrassed of where you come from. Do not let people demean you because you come from a city that is a working class city, you know? Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful man. I, honestly, yo, I think, I think that's a great message to end on. I think this is a yeah. really good time for us to move. Yo, thank you for being on with us yo, and talking I'm about so great shit. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Hey, guys, when this opens up, we're going clubbing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's be out, bro. For real, let's be out, bro. But honestly, bro, yo, thank you again, bro. Yo, you've honestly opened my eyes to a lot of things I was very ignorant about. And, bro, it's just, I'm, again, like I said, bro, I can never be prouder than you, bro, that I could just even get to know you, bro. And I even get to just have a conversation with you and keep doing you what got, you're doing, brother. Honestly, yo, strive, you got bigger, bro. you got bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger things to be changed, bro. You got, you got more coming in your future. Thank I you see you so bro. much, guys. Thank you. Thank right. you. Thank you. Hi, um, yo. But you already know, after this, don't forget about me. Nah, never that, bro. Never that, bro. Hi, yo. yo. Jason, take us away to the messy moment, bro. You already know the wave, bro. All right, ready, everybody? It's time for the messy moment. Whoa. Messy moment. Messy moment. Messy, messy moment. Ladies and gentlemen, that was an amazing conversation with my boy Julio, bro. Beautiful, Julius Caesar, bro. bro. Julius Caesar, bro. This uh, man's a beast, you, bro. No bullshit. You probably see mad times where me, me and Vic are like, oh, yeah, bro. Because it was just awesome, bro. It was, it was an amazing conversation. It was informative. It was just really engaging, bro. And I, and I loved all of it, bro. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I can't be more prouder than this man, bro. I'm, I'm honored to know this man. And it's been so amazing. As we get into the messy moment, ladies and gentlemen, the messy moment is a time where we just reflect and we just think about the amazing conversation we just had. And we just, you know, we just talk about what we think. It's either a chance for you to highlight what you thought was important or finish an idea that you thought that you think that you want to continue to talk about. Yeah. So, so um, just my messy moment in this episode is just, man, well, how, how you made it clear, bro, just to be more you know, take the initiative to be a part of your community, bro. Like I voted, but I haven't voted all the time. You know what I mean? I've, 
I've said I want change, but I haven't gone to those meetings and I haven't done things like that where I'm truly advocating change, where, I, where change will be made, where, change, where the decisions for change will be done, you know? And I definitely think like I've, it's opened my eyes to just, if I want to change or help change this community in a positive way, bro, I have to be involved in it. And I definitely want to just start voting more. I want to be more involved with uh, local politics as not, you know, that's going to engage in my community, bro, that I love so much. And I definitely think it was an eye opener for me and how you highlighted the importance of doing that and how it could truly create a change, you know? And, you know, that's just my messy moment, bro. Thank you again, bro. And Thank like you. I said, bro, it was an honor, bro. I love you, bro. And like Much you said, love, bro, we're, we're partying once this is all said yeah. and done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. My messy moment is right on with Vix. I want to just highlight the story that uh, Julio told us about getting the students to actually go to school committee meetings so that they can get their outdoor graduation. That was beautiful, like, bro. That, that, that was literally a, a perfect example of how he got people who want the change to go to where they can really make the change. And you know, like he said, he got, he, he saw his fellow uh, colleagues start changing their mind because they saw so many people there that really wanted this change. And that's beautiful because if you want change, go into these meetings or wherever in your city, in your state, wherever you can to go and make that change. Cause that clearly it makes a change. Boom. That, that, and again, yeah, of bro. course, bro. Thank you for coming on. Honestly, yo. Vic, I can't talk shit about politics. I tried to do this shit before. <laughs> so this was a, a, good, a good chance for me to show, to, for us to, to really talk about what is important. And real quick, you, so shined, you. Uh, uh, you shined a brighter light on my ideals on politics, politics bro. I thank yeah. you for that, bro. Thank and you, I understand the importance of it now, bro. Thank I appreciate you. that, bro. Yeah, no. Um, uh, my messy moment out of, you know, this uh, amazing podcast was, you know, being able to share my story. Uh, you know, and it's not just my story. Many people have similar stories um, when it comes to, you know, get an elected position. But I also want to add, you know, you don't have to be in a position of power or in a position of, you know, an elected, uh, or I wouldn't say an elected position in order to make change. You know, we've seen the advocacy of the class of 2019. Um, we've seen advocacy across the nation. Um, you know, for example, one that, that we all witnessed was, you know, March for Our Lives, which was, you know, students uh, advocating for gun reform uh, because of all these school shootings. So, you know, at the end of the day, yes, being in a position of uh, power or in a position where you are an elected official may have a bigger change uh, when it comes to, you know, solving an issue for your community. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you get a group of people um, to start advocating on the same issues that you want changed, then it will happen. Um, it may be a, a, a long process. It may be a short process. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you are not just achieving uh, what you want or what you think is best for the community, but you are showing that you are there and that you want your voice heard. Beautiful. But, but thank beautiful, you so much, beautiful. guys. I appreciate it. Thank I you for coming it. on, man. Yo. Got you, man. No, thank, thank you, you again, me. bro. Thank you for thank having Thank you again, bro. And like always, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap like, of the show. Comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe, and follow comment, us. Our messy rooms. Follow us. Our messy rooms. Follow my boy, yo, bro. Say that. Say, say it, bro. Spread, spread the knowledge, bro. Um, follow. For, oh, follow your me. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. follow you, bro. Follow you. Why not? Well, well, I use my Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow me, is Julius underscore Caesar. 
Um, but I would suggest to you, if you want to keep up with uh, my political ideas and opinions, follow me on Twitter, Julius underscore Caesar. And follow, follow, Vic. follow, follow. Uh, what's her name? Oh, your, your... and also, big oh, shout yeah. out. I cannot forget this. Please, please go out and vote for Damali Vido on September primaries against State Representative Daniel Ryan. This election is imperative. This election will make a true change in the city of Chelsea, a change that, you know, uh, we need now. Um, and, you know, just having her voice, just having her voice representing us at Beacon Hill is more than enough. Um, she has someone that has fought against, um, you know, transit issues, uh, community issues, and she's someone who is who actually, you know, like I, when it comes to Damali Vido, um, D, I know you're going to watch this. I love you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Shout out to Damali. Yo, bro. Thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, check you later. Check you later. Check you later. Hey, my guy. (laughs)